Parenting is hard. Few of us feel up to the task. The world is shifting, quickly and dramatically. All of us feel the changes affecting our families. The stress and pressure can be intense. We are here to help sort the good and the bad, provide insight and bring hope. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. We're so glad you stopped by. Hi, and welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I am your co-host and celebrant, Pastor Brad I am am the uh, celebrated. (laughs) I'm Robert Beeson. Um, And we're glad to be with you because this is a very special edition of Brilliantly Brave, where we talk about Christmas and Advent and what it means. And uh, because we've all heard of Advent, sort of like what? I said celebrant on purpose. Yeah. That's in liturgies. Yes, I know it is. Well, they may not. Okay, then let's... Well, that's kind of where I was going with this. So we've all heard of the idea of Advent and the Advent candles or whatever, but we thought it'd be good to kind of dig in a little bit deeper. So I'm going to be playing the role of um, ignorant, and which is... Which I'm is, headmaster. And you're a headmaster I today. I to be the headmaster. You can be celebrant. And we. I'm going to act and... and like I have no idea what Advent is. I have a little idea, but I I think I'm going to learn a lot. And to start that off, headmaster or celebrant, why don't you talk about <laughs> what? First of all, what is celebrant? What is the significance of? Well, first of all, man, wish everybody a merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's not Christmas yet. But well, it's we're coming getting there. I mean, we're a few weeks away, and this is a, you know, this is when you get to watch Elf and It's a Wonderful Life. And yep. all those classic Christmas, which stuff. I saw for the first time two years ago, that's terrible. But yeah, I Christmas mean, Christmas vacation. He, there's nativity stuff to go see, and there's lights to put up, and there's all kinds of stuff to celebrate. Right? The this the whole is the, season is about anticipation, and it just yeah, it's magical, and it so. snowed yesterday. It did in Franklin and Columbia, in Columbia, Tennessee. It snowed. That snow. Yes, yeah. and, and it's March. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's it is not much. <laughs> try, try not to mess with that. Okay, head. it is November. To... We're almost to Thanksgiving, and this will be airing the you know the week after Thanksgiving as we as we start into Advent. And you know, Advent is a term. I I'm you know I came from the evangelical world, uh, non denominational, if you will. As did I. And so Advent wasn't really something I understood too well. Well, it was something that we kind of celebrated, kind of. Yeah, but, but it I was mean, like. Okay, what is the significance of that? I knew it was candles, and I knew it was purple, and right. stuff like that, but I, I really didn't know. But from what I'm told, it's a very rich It actually is. Experience. Yeah, Advent, Advent is actually pretty cool, and it's a unique window of time, four weeks, that parents have with their kids. And that's the point of this podcast, is not to just be academic and explain what Advent is, although for some of us that will be helpful, but also to to let you know that there is this is an opportunity to do something exactly. with your family that can yeah. be seriously significant and probably different as a tradition, at least to the depth that we want to talk about, um, for your family. So um, let's start with what is a celebrant? Brad? Well, celebrant is a term that's used uh, in liturgies. So liturgies are the work of the people. So if you're a Methodist, if you're a Lutheran, if you're a Presbyterian, Anglican, I'm Anglican, any of those older church denominations, you know what a celebrant is because you've seen it in your in your hymnal or you've seen it in your um, book of common prayer or whatever, mm. whatever reference material you have. Celebrant's the one who speaks. So mm. they're the one who sort of stand up and speak to the to the congregation. And the idea here is that uh, Advent is meant to be 
interactive with the family. It's not passive. You don't just sit in a church and hear about or experience Advent vicariously. This is actually something you do and and become. Uh, and so that's a significant point that I hope parents understand. It is. And I think it's it's a shame that we don't know more about it, but it's, you know, in our fast-paced world, it's kind of understandable. We kind of rush through things and there is a magic in the air when you get into Christmas time, you start anticipating gifts and being together and Christmas music gets you in the mood and like it's an awesome season, but um we're we're missing something that could actually make it a very rich season too. So let's start unpacking what what Advent is. Yeah, so context here. We're living in a time when traditions of the church are sort of being left behind, mm-hmm. where there's a lot of uh, sort of discarded uh, history. Like that's old. That's Yeah, it's just sort of irrelevant. Yeah. yeah. The Advent started in the fourth <clears throat> century. We know the first recorded mention was in 365. So it goes back. Wow. This is, this is about as old as it gets. You know, this is... Way, way back Council of Nicaea stuff. And so what what you recognize is that the early church started to formalize a way to, to look at Christ. Mm-hmm. In other words, they used in the in the Greek, the term would have been something like parousa. And then in Latin that became Adventus. And in English, it's advent. All of those words mean the same thing, which is arrival or mm-hmm. the coming of. And so Advent is really this sort of reflective moment when we look at the arrival of God's Son on the earth. And so Christmas being the date that we celebrate it, uh, even though we know it probably wasn't in December, it is significant to the Christian heritage. It is significant to the Christian family, significant enough that our church fathers came up with these four weeks to sort of emphasize four different areas of the season of Christmas. So it starts four weeks before actual Christmas. So four Sundays before Christmas. And, and you know, the way that we celebrate it is sort of symbolic. So yeah, let's there, dig into that. There's these four candles. There are three purple and one pink. And in the center of the four candles is a big white candle. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the centerpiece or the the, the sort of, support for the Advent candles is a wreath, Mm. traditionally, a green wreath made up of evergreen or really good synthetic evergreen. (laughs) And Um, so those ignorant people in the room like me, why, Brad? Why would you do that? Why not just set them on a table? Or magnolia. Yeah. So there's all kinds of rich symbolism here. And and part of this is explaining it to your kids. You know, part of the idea here is not just to do a tradition, but to interpret the tradition and it's significant for your children, which I think is interesting because I, you're going to explain just a second. The I didn't know this about um, why evergreen. So yeah, tell us. so you're you're dealing with the fourth century church in a pagan world, and so uh, they're dealing with Germanic paganism, uh, which which would have included all kinds of worship of the elements, and in particular, uh, they would have been reverential of the forest or the trees. And so uh, they picked a Christian holiday to supplement or replace a pagan one, and that would have been the winter solstice, the Mm. darkest day of the year, Mm. the shortest day of the year. And in a world where they didn't have electricity, light was a big deal. Hmm. So candles were symbolic of hope and new starts and and optimism and joy Hmm. because you – 
you were safe in the light. And, and nowadays, you know, we live in cities and towns that, you know, it's lights really hard to understand what you, darkness would have been what like. What darkness is really like. Yeah. So in the dark, bad things happen. You know, that's that's when predators come out of the woods and that's when robbers and, and people up to no good will act. People crawl out from under my bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the goonies come out. Uh, but I mean, the evergreen was meant to represent uh, the circle is the everlasting nature hmm. of Christ's work on our behalf, that it's eternal. It never ends. The circle. So the circle. The evergreen was life. It represented life in the winter. So the evergreen is that tree that doesn't go dormant like other trees in that season. It stays green. And so the symbolism of an evergreen included eternal life, right? Hmm. That it never dies. It's not subject to the power of the weather. Which is interesting because that that's true. Like when you think about evergreen trees and where they grow, like mm-hmm. everything else around them is dead. And then you see these green trees that, that they well, symbolize. And, and for me, it's like all of a sudden I get why we do Christmas lights on our houses. Mm. You know, this idea that light in the darkness, this idea that, that it is a darkest time of the year. Um, there's, there's some stuff behind these traditions that aren't even in the church. You know, right. Just the culture. I've never itself. explained to my kids, this is why lights. I mean, mm-hmm. it's pretty or whatever, but let's look at this a different way. Right. And so for the parent, every, you know, one of the things I, we always did as families, we drive around and see the lights, mm-hmm. especially when the kids were little. Yeah. And uh, you go to these neighborhoods that would really go all out and, and do these incredible light displays. And what a great time to explain this. Yeah. No kidding, because it's not, and I think that's the thing that, that the reason that we wanted to do this podcast is that there, there's a whole lot more going on that has been a tradition of the church from way, 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 way back that we just kind of glossed through and it's like, oh, that's a nice little thing. But that very simple, two things there, the evergreen as being a sign of life in the winter, I think is really cool. There's meaning to that. And the light in the darkness, which is what our hope is. Our hope is in Christ. And so the reason we put up lights and the reason that we can like anchor a thought to something is the fact that there is darkness and we want to represent, we want to represent God's hope to the darkness in being light. Absolutely. Too very simple. I hadn't really thought about that. You know, the, the candles are symbolic um, and they're also unifying. So the, the Christian Advent celebration has been consistent generation to generation for almost 2000 years. Hmm. And so, it's one of the few things that all Christians of all denominations, including the Catholic faith, which I consider Christian, mm. uh, all Christians can agree on these four candles <laughs> that this is a really good way to commemorate and to celebrate and to reflect on our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so for me, Advent is one of those rare opportunities as a pastor to say, I don't care who you are, where you're from, what your background, you can celebrate this with us. Mm. Without any hesitation. Right. It's a really cool We're thing. not going to get stuck on doctrine. Absolutely. So uh, the candles themselves have symbol- symbolism. And if you do an Advent devotional, we'll have some posted on our website at brilliantlybraveparenting.com. These devotionals will have specific scriptures that you would read when you light these candles. And you would light one each week. And in the church, this is a ceremony. There's actually usually a liturgy and there's a, a procession of a candle and they light one of these candles each week on an altar or on the somewhere on a table in the church itself in the mm-hmm. sanctuary. And the fifth candle, the white one, would have been lit on Christmas Eve. So mm-hmm. that's celebration of the birth of Christ. That's actually 
that that can that candle has a very unique symbolism. But the candles themselves have very very specific meanings based on everything from prophecy. The first candle is the prophecy candle. Uh, the second is the shepherd's candle. The third is the angel's candle, and the fourth is the Christ candle. And so, what you're dealing with is rich heritage stuff. So, just for 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 my sake, and maybe some of those listeners that are as ignorant as I am, what um, talk about the prophecy candle? What is the prophecy candle? So, the prophecy candle is a it's a candle that's about the the prophecies that were made. Of Christ's birth, the promises, basically the promises. These yeah. were so. These were things that were written by like the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah yeah. and he was talking 500 years before Christ actually was born, and he's prophesying where this, where this will happen, who it's going to happen to, uh, and and the verse that's used is therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign: the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. Isaiah seven. 14 in the NIV. And so this first candle represents hope and anticipation in the coming of a Messiah. Hmm. And so you it, I don't want to go through all these candles mm. because it's it's a little tedious, yeah. but the next one is the Bethlehem candle, and it has a verse as well, and it has to do with the manger, and it has to do with where Christ is born. And then there's the shepherd's candle, these people who witnessed the angels arriving. And then there's this uh, angel candle itself, which is the celebration of the angels coming to earth and sort of <coughs> sort of uh, commemorating in real time that something extraordinary has just happened on the earth. Hmm. And then the last candle, the fifth one, is the actual Christ candle itself. Now, each of those candles has very specific <coughs> histories, very specific uh, connections to scripture that's read or described in each of these devotionals. For the parent, uh, Advent is this moment in time where you can sort of reinstill, or maybe for the first time, describe the gospel story, because the candles are designed to tell the story of Christ's coming, the Perusa, the Adventus. It is a a time that is multi-layered and has many facets, and depending on the age and stage of your kids, you can go into as much or as little detail as they can sort of absorb. absorb yeah. Right. So I, I think it's a, it's a pretty cool thing. I mean, for instance, uh, in the ancient church, um, before the modern era, the first two weeks of Advent were kind of somber. Mm-hmm. They were more like Lent, this time right. of... Fasting or uh, reflection. Exactly. So there was this preparation that you were making for God's coming. Mm. I love that. And the, 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 the first two candles basically are that... Yes. season. And the second two? It's the celebration part. Mm-hmm. It's this, uh, he came and he, he did something that never been done before. Mm-hmm. And he actually made a way where there was no way. So the miracle of Christmas is not just a virgin birth, but the fact that God solved this problem. Right. Once that, and for all. Yeah. We are, we are no longer captured by the power of sin and death. One of the things that I loved about, um, we, we talked a little bit before about this, was the idea of this circle about this um, time, that this happens over and over, like the coming of Christ, and we're anticipating his coming again and preparing for it. Talk a little bit about that that time, you know, world without end idea. So uh, if your children are a little older 
and able to absorb these higher concepts, this is a great time to, to ask them, have you ever experienced the coming of Christ for yourself? Hmm. That the event that's historical is also real time. Hmm. It has the ability to help us focus on the fact that Christ promises to come for each of us. Hmm. That it's an individual and intimate experience that can be yours each Christmas. Uh, that can be the first time that a, a child accepts Christ as their Savior. That would be an advent, right? The coming of Christ into their heart. Or it could be a reconnection with your faith each year. This idea that he's come for me again and I'm responding again in faith. Um, and then there's also the, the future content. This yeah. idea that, that Christ is going to return. Right. That we're marking not only his first appearance on the scene, but his foretold second appearance. Which I, which is one of the things I love about this idea of Advent is that from the earliest church, they were practicing the same kind of ritual. And so this has just continued on through the church. And time, there's a timelessness to the whole thing, is which what we talked about before, and how we're pulling something from the past that is actually rich that we've kind of lost we've kind of lost grip on. I mean, we get the idea Jesus came and the angels announced and you know the shepherds shepherds were in the field, but like kind of owning it and walking through that as a family is something I think that is a really valuable not only lesson but tradition to start as families, right? And because like you said there there is this advent process in our lives where Christ comes to our life. And it actually over and over and over in our lives we kind of go through this process of God's promise. He fulfills his promise and we celebrate. And it's just, I think it's a really good discipline to to get in. And the, the people in the early church knew what they were doing. They sure it's did. En, it's enduring up yeah. to today. That timelessness concept or quality, I think is, a, is lacking in our modern culture. Yeah. I think uh, there's a hunger for Christians, for believers to connect themselves to something bigger deeper than right. uh, the commercialism of the, the Christmas season that they see around them. Hmm. Um, it's really difficult um, as parents to find a healthy balance, right? <coughs> um, you, you've got these commercials and ads all over the place that you need these things to be happy. <laughs> you know, when your kids are absorbing this, right. I need the latest Lego kit. I need the latest... Uh, PlayStation game. I need the latest fill in the blank. And the reality is that if if a parent's not vigilant, uh, Christmas can purely be superficial and commercial. Yeah. So the Advent gives them a chance. It gives them a way to draw their children's attention back to the roots of this really kind of holy discipline and tradition. Yeah. Love it. Well, you know, for parents, uh, if you're listening to this, and, and some of you may be like my wife, who are major Advent calendar people, and she's always looking for them and buying them and putting them on all, on the wall. Our kids had Advent chocolate thing that we did with Hershey's Kisses, and each day of the the month of December, they would you know open the little door and there'd be a chocolate, and the kids would <laughs> sort of harass each other to be the one to open the door. That's cool for the little children. And there's even really complicated devotionals that are really well done with high-end art and beauty and just all kinds of symbolism. 
We're going to have listings and links to those things on our website at brilliantlybraveparenting.com. And if you're into that, and maybe you just want to get into that, we're going to give you resources that will help you introduce Advent to your family. If you're already a big fan of Advent and you've already done it, we just would encourage you to stick with it because these formative years are so strategic and so valuable for the family of faith. Couldn't agree more. And it's um it's important that we be deliberate about incorporating things that are not just transactional or not just quick, but that we understand that there's a rich heritage to what the church has been doing, and there's a reason they've been doing this because they have they have seen the transformational power in some of these these practices, and that's why they've been handed down. So we thought it would be good to just take a few minutes to explore it a little deeper, not just so that you understand it, but so you can understand the significance of of why this is important to do with our kids, and that it's rooted in some incredible symbolism that we sometimes miss. Perfectly stated, sir. Okay, so I'm not ignorant anymore. You are fully expert now on that. Excellent. Well, we hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas, and uh, we're so grateful for um, you sticking around and, and being a part of this podcast. If it means something to you, will you consider um, giving? We are we are funded by your donations and gifts, and so we would really appreciate it if you consider this year uh, being a part of this podcast to help keep it going. Thank you, everyone, for being a part of this season of celebration, and uh, we'll see you right here next year for season five. Be encouraged, parents. You are not alone. In Paul's letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, he writes, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Brilliantly Brave Parenting wants to be an encouragement and support that parents can rely on. Would you consider liking us and sharing us with a friend? As a part of the Tween Gospel Alliance, we are a nonprofit organization dependent on the support of friends like you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be right here next week. What our kids believe is going to define them for a lifetime. According to George Barna, by the age of 13, what a kid believes is what he'll die believing. For parents and for pastors, that's a frightening experience, especially if you've got an 11 or 12 year old. At the iShine Ministries headquarters, this became a huge priority in the last year. We partnered with the Tween Gospel Alliance to bring you a brand new resource known as the Shock and Awe Study Guide. And I'm here with one of the co-founders of this entire program, Robert Beeson. Can you tell us what is the Shock and Awe Study Guide? It is awesome. More than that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> The Shock and Awe Study Guide is a super cool thing that either a parent can do with their kid or a youth pastor can do with their students or a children's pastor can do with their students. And here's the cool thing about it. It is apologetics for kids. Wow. So it's the really huge evidence and thoughts of apologetics wrapped in a way that is really tangible and simple for kids to understand, answering four primary questions. And they are, what if there's a God? What if the Bible is true? What if Jesus is who he said he was? And what if I'm part of that plan? And we believe if you can answer those four questions and you are drawn through evidence proving those four questions, that really it's gonna, it's gonna establish a pretty unshakable foundation of faith.
That sounds very helpful, especially if you're a parent or pastor and you're concerned about the condition of your child's faith, what they believe, what the voices of culture are telling them. If that's you and you're interested, go to iShineLive.com and check out in our web store, the Shock and Awe Study Guide. It has a digital cloud video base. So it's four studies in a small paperback volume for $9 and it has four videos that go with four studies. It can be done in a weekend, it can be done over a month, or it can be done bi-monthly, however you need it. It is a fantastic resource that I have used as a pastor in my own home church, and I have been impressed. So, check it out. Check it out. iShine is a faith-based ministry and media company that looks and feels a lot like a Christian version of Disney. iShine is more than entertainment. We're the producer of the largest Christian tween TV series in the world, a nationally syndicated radio show, a Nashville-based record label, host to multiple live tours and summer festivals, an interactive website and social media, and a provider of printed and digital devotionals, preteen Bibles, and church curriculums. But more than anything, we're a trusted Christian resource for parents and pastors. You can turn to us for all things tween. Check us out at iShineLive.com.